The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. And this is Waddle and Sylvie. Live from the old National Bank Studio. WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. All right, let's talk to Courtney Cronin. A lot to get to. And uh, we should start by congratulating her, first of all, because uh, the nominations came out yesterday. uh, And she has been nominated for Illinois Sports Writer of the Year. And that's well deserved. deserved. And uh, the great company in there as well. Obviously, uh, we think she should win, and she has done a fantastic job. As she's a multi-purpose threat, not only as a writer but yes. a multimedia, multi-dimensional. Yeah, like on on audio, on television as well. I don't see you up there winning any of these uh, in these these contests on television. Oh so no, they- there's no chance. No, yeah. no, no nomination for any award. No. No television appearance, no nothing. Well, no, you have been nominated for awards. You just never won anything on television. <laughs> on Around the Horn? Yeah, you never. What's your record on Around the Horn? It's zero and zero. Courtney, what's your record on Around the Horn? Um, I think I think my win percentage is somewhere like thirty-one point seven, something like that. Yes. Not that I not that I've been counting. I'm one of those <laughs> egotistical people that watches themselves back every time to make sure that I made salient points, but. I think someone pointed that out to me recently, um, but no, I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. I mean, just to be even put in the company of, you know, the people like Dion and, and Kevin Fishbane, Adam Johns, Adam Amin, it's, it's awesome, and uh, it's, it's really cool. So yeah, I think, D- thank you very much. Dion Miller was nominated for Sportscaster That's uh, awesome. of the Year. Um, and very a great, much deserved great, as well. Great group there, too. Very deserved, and we're rooting for her as well. Um Courtney Cronin joins us right now on the uh, Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. We do have your exact win total. It's you higher have, than you thought, Courtney. You had thirty-two point six percent. You have twenty-eight. Okay. You have twenty-eight wins. Go. Okay, that's that's good to know. I'm glad that I'm glad that it's up. Where did you find that? Well, we keep track of tracks, we we keep track of everybody, Courtney. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Apparently, I won't need to do it anymore. But that's good to know. It's better than Matt Eberflus's win percentage. Oh! Oh man! With, with that as, as as a nice segue, how much will you enjoy? Well, you'll have some time off this weekend, correct? I mean, I would assume. Yeah, a little bit. It's um, you know, I've spent some time in Target today. I went in for toothpaste and came out with three hundred dollars stuff. So it's nice to get away. It's nice to not have to make the commute up to Lake Forest. But I mean, for everybody, last year we had the week fourteen by. This year, week thirteen, you just go crashing into the finish line when it's one of these late November, early December bye weeks. But um, much much needed for the players, the staff, and, and those of us who uh, cover the team, too. What was your uh, most fun purchase that you uh, grabbed at Target? I don't know if I'd call it fun, but I got a martini shaker. Because I, I was going to guess a case of wine. out there at the one on Division Street, and I was like, I kind of have to have this because it's Christmas-themed. Nice. Yeah, you absolutely do for sure. Um, and then, yeah. and before we get into um, the bear stuff, and we have callers who want to ask you questions, we think this is a good a good week to do it. Courtney's brought to you by Purple Wave. 
Um, I want to ask you this question, and this is off the beaten path a little bit. We started the show with this a little bit. Um, and don't go Bears because you cover the Bears. But of the teams that you're a fan of in town, what do you believe is the best thing that you want to happen to them in the next month or two? Like, let's start with the Bulls. What can be the best thing that could happen to them in the next month or two? They trade the pieces that they need to by December 15th or whatever the deadline, the deadline or the date that opens. I mean, I'm, how many, they're 5-21 and 21 right now, something like that. I watched about 10 minutes of the game against Boston the other night when it got to a 17-point deficit, and then I turned it off. I just I can't watch the team. It's not fun to watch the team, so I really hope – but I know I, I saw the quotes from AK that, you know, he sees what we see. We as the fans. So if that's the case, then you can't just continue this thing through and hope for hope for what? I mean, the, the season is off to a dreaded start. You have a bunch of disjointed players. You've got DeMar DeRozan yelling at his teammates, a checked out Zach Levine. I hope that they make the right choice they should have made months ago when they did nothing in free agency and were very – um, you know, inactive throughout the, the off season. I think it's time. Um, so that's at least for the Bulls. And I mean, with the Cubs, I mean, with winter meetings coming up, I usually don't pay attention to it all that often during, you know, just during NFL season. But now we're wondering, we're wondering about Shohei. Like, is it possible that he ends up here? I know that that's kind of seems like the long shot. And I'm hoping that Jesse will have some good news um, for Cubs fans, you know, when he comes on with you guys in a little bit. But you know, at least the hope's there for the Cubs that they are going to spend, that they are going to make the investment in this team that's going to keep people excited and enticed going into the 2024 season, considering the way that they finished after the trade deadline last year. I mean, that to me is, you know, kind of the hope that we need here in Chicago with so many teams that are in rebuild modes or, frankly, the teams that are in free fall uh, right now. I mean, that's, that doesn't really give a whole ton of people hope, but at least the Cubs and the you know, the one team on the north side is doing something right. Uh, Courtney, bear specific. I mean, this is a very broad question, so I mean, it may be harder to answer. But at four and eight, just in general terms, where are where is this Bears team? Are are, the, are they on the cusp of doing some really good things, or are they on the cusp of being an organization that is going to go through massive rehaul overhaul? Well, I think that you can take a look at it, the win in Minnesota and use it as a launch point because I know the conversation around Justin right now is what can you really take away from a game that they scored no touchdowns. He fumbled the ball twice in the fourth quarter. Yeah, he did get them in position to win the game um, with a fourth quarter comeback. I mean, he's only had, I think, two of those in his career. And the last one was, was against Houston uh, early last season. You know, that can be a springboard, though. It might not mean much in the short term, but for you know the next five games, if he's able to do that again, and you don't have to, if he starts to to make you not hold your breath in the fourth quarter, whether they have a lead or whether they're trailing, that it's going to get blown, or there's going to be some sort of catastrophic turnover that that seals their fate, then you can build on that, and you can you can start to. It complicates the evaluation process, especially those who want Justin Fields out of here, the fan part of the fan base that says they want Caleb Williams, they want to move on, new everything. Like That does make it a little bit more difficult, but it, it shows growth and shows that maybe they are closer to achieving that than, than the product has, has shown. But 
On the other side of that, and I wrote about this today at ESPN.com, I think you have a defense that you can be proud of because those, you know, the seven interceptions that they they had the last two games, the four ter- four takeaways in consecutive games, those aren't coming against scrub teams. It's coming against two teams that are currently in the playoff picture in the NFC. And they've been telling us, those defenders have been telling us the takeaways are close. Like we're close to got to turn the dropped interceptions, drop, you know, drop passes defended into interceptions like we saw against Carolina and start to create some momentum with that. And right now, you know, given where they were a year ago and how much improvement they made against the run, you're starting to see those strides come alive with the pass game and the yards. They're ninth in yards right now. Um, they've got to get, they've got to become a better scoring defense, but like you're starting to see those pieces come together. And that's what you're going to look at over the next five games to honestly determine who stays, who goes, and what this team is going to look like very likely in 2024. All right, let's take some calls for for you, Courtney. Let the fans have uh, their questions asked. Mohammed in Cal uh, in California, you're on with Courtney Cronin. What's your question? Hey guys, thank you for having me. Uh, Appreciate your time, Courtney. Two-part question. Uh, I work as an administrator, but when I evaluate people, I look at the whole picture. Matt Eberflus, first year, hardly any players for his system. Second year, a lot of dysfunction at the beginning of the year, a lot of drama. Now we're barely talking about that. For example, the two coaches that were let go. Team is improving. And second part, do you really? Do you guys really think that Jim Harbaugh would come to Chicago? I mean, the last coach who made everybody feel uncomfortable, held them account, held them accountable was Mike Ditka, and they haven't hired a coach like that since then. So just would like to get some feedback. Bless you all. Take care. Thanks, Mohammed. Yeah, I mean, starting with the first part of that, I think when we're talking about the big picture of Matt Eberflus, you know, winning does cure a lot of things, but that's, you know, it's kind of like the quarterback evaluation, too, and whether they keep Justin Fields or not is not solely a decision that they're going to make based on how he plays. I mean, that's going to factor into a major part of it. But a lot of that's going to be out of his control because if they're sitting on draft capital right now, they might not be able to say no to in taking a quarterback. And I think that that same thing kind of, you know, rings true with Matt Eberflus. You know, if they – if they are thinking at the end of the season, when they're making their decision about you know, what happens after the Green Bay game in Week 18, and they think, okay, we've seen, we, we know what we're going to do at quarterback, and if they don't believe that this is the staff collectively to, to, get, to get this franchise going um, in the right direction to continue it, then, then that might be a decision that they have to make in moving away from Eberflus. But Pat and I were talking about this on the podcast today, I think that the way that things are going right now for this defense and the way that players are playing for for this team, I mean, guys aren't making business decisions. They, you know, think what you want about how Matt Eberflus comes across in press conferences and sometimes the frustration of the in-game decisions and, and how they've, you know, how those things have played out when they've gone conservative. Like, he's still got guys playing for something at 4-8, and eight, and that's... That's leadership that, you know, that you can't just ignore. You can't just say that that's a blip on the radar because it's not. So big picture-wise, all of those things are going to factor into his evaluation because the Bears want to see the adapting and adjusting of Eberflus. Now, you can't look at all of those things and look at the win against Minnesota but also not look at the win against Detroit and be like, well, you know, 
do you want a uh, do you want a, a staff that goes into the fetal position and plays not to lose to be guiding you when you may have a new quarterback next year? You'll certainly have new pieces. That's going to factor in. So yeah, I, I to Muhammad's point, big picture wise, you have to look at everything. I and could, then I, I was go just going to say, Courtney, I, I can draw the comparison to the Cubs. Like, you can think that David Ross did a nice job, but if there's a better option out there in mm-hmm. Craig Council, it's your obligation to make that change because if you believe truly that Council gives you a better chance to win, you got to do it. So if they win a few more games and this defense continues to trend in the right direction, I think that's fantastic. But if Jim Harbaugh or whoever that coach is is available and you think he gives you a better chance, you have to make the move. It's the same thing with the quarterback. Absolutely. Like, like, it may not Justin, – Justin may play great by his standards, by their standards for him these next couple of, of games. But when they're evaluating what they're going to do in the offseason, if they feel that Caleb Williams, for example, is the better choice, that's not necessarily a knock on Justin. It's just that that's an upgrade right. that you can't pass up. And the same thing, of course, with the coaching staff. Yeah, yeah totally uh, agree. Southside Sean, you're on with Courtney Cronin. What you got, Sean? Hey, good afternoon, guys, and congratulations, Courtney. I'm going to make it Thank real you. quick and get out. I'm going to make it quick and get out the way. Um, my, my expectations for the year, um, my hopes for the year was about six or seven wins and continued development from the young quarterback. And that possibly could still happen, as crazy as this season has been. That being said, um, I wanted to speak on Tom Brady's first three years. His first year, he only played one game, so throw that out. His first three years where he played more than 10 games, he had 12 fumbles, 11 fumbles, 13 fumbles. First three. Justin Fields' first three, 12, 15, and thus far this year, eight. But let's just uh, say that doubles to 16. With that being said, their fumbles are pretty much equivalent. Not saying that Justin is Tom, uh, is Tom Brady. Of course not. Because he had a ring in there, too. Like, I mean, like you, you didn't quote how many rings he had in those first three years. <laughs> right, 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 exactly, man. I, you know, I'm not saying. Uh, my point in, in that is, because I've watched every game, I've seen uh, a lot of these fumbles be attributed to Justin from, from uh, snap, from, from bad snapping from centers and different things like that, even though Justin has been bad with the fumbles. All I, all, the point I'm trying to make is, Bajan said during his first interview once he took over the starting position when Justin got hurt. He said that this offense was was coming to him easier because it was similar to what he ran in college. All that being said, could we just be watching Justin Fields still developing? Can we just is this simply a young player that's still developing? And that's that was my question. Yeah, I would say that in year three you have far fewer polished products guys that are competing for super bowls at the quarterback position than the latter where players you know like justin's second year in this offense still developing in it but you know i mean if you want to like go on with the fumbles numbers like aaron Rodgers had three seasons where he fumbled 10 times and patrick mahomes had nine fumbles in his first year starting i think he's got like 34 in his career like those things can be cannot be looked at nearly as heavily if they're not costing the team games. I mean, you're looking at when those happen. And for Justin Fields, those have happened in, in critical moments in the fourth quarter. That's why, you know, the team's evaluating so closely how he performs at the end of half and you know what he looks like when he's trailing and can you get the team back out in front. 
and not fumble the you know not fumble in critical moments. I this is a completely different story. If we're you know going into the bye week, I think there's still a ton of questions about Fields. It's not like everything was solved because they got a their first division win in two years. You know those fumbles matter. I know that they you know the defense you know to their credit get forced in that quick three and out after the second one. Um, that gave Fields another opportunity to go put the team in position to win, but. Those fumbles have to be looked at as closely as you look at interception. I'm, I'm a firm believer yes. in that. And it's can you chalk it up to the well? This is just a player who's you know still developing. If it's a common theme, then that might not just be a product of somebody who's you know in year three. Like that, you might be able to if you're a coaching staff or front office say, look, that's an issue. That's a flaw. Just like some of the flaws that we've seen in his game of hanging in the pocket too long, getting locked in. Um, on on things downfield that either haven't opened up, or you know, the perfect example of it was the pass that he that he made to Mooney on the sideline, where he had all the space all the time and still overthrew him and couldn't connect with him on what would have been a critical third down. Like you weigh the fumbles into the turnovers the same as you do those other things that you know give you the full evaluation of the quarterback and tell you whether that's going to be a long term problem. Mike in Houston, what's your question for Courtney Cronin? What's up, Mike? Hey, what's going on, guys? I just had a question of what what are, what are her thoughts on these two things. I mean, you guys have already kind of talked about the uh, Jim Harbaugh thing to death, but the reason I like Jim Harbaugh is because I think that he has he has a history of working with a quarterback like uh, like Kaepernick, who can uh, who kind of has a lot of the same skill set. But the other thing was, what are your thoughts about? Uh, maybe possibly going after somebody like Daniil Hunter on the defense, putting him opposite uh, Montez Sweat, and then kind of just letting your defense kind of lead a little bit, and then having Harbaugh at the quarterback uh, so he can he can help Justin Fields develop. And even if he doesn't, he, he's, uh, he can work with uh, Tyson Bajit to have him ready, at least to make it through the season so that you can get another quarterback in the draft. So, the, so this is under this scenario, they're, what are they using their first-round pick on? I assume you're saying they're getting a quarterback? No, I think he was suggesting that you stay stand pat with with, with Justin, Justin yeah. and allow Jim Harbaugh, who has had history with developing a, a quarterback yeah. with similar skill set. I'm all mm-hmm. for it, and I know you, we all three are. I'm all for a Daniel Hunter in a Bears uniform. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, and this is a, they after reworking his contract, like he should be out of there um, if he wants to be after the season. They've done this multiple different times. He's, you know, contractually. He's he's on the cusp of making a big time contract, and what we just saw the Bears do, they didn't have any issue doing that with Montez Sweat making him the fifth highest paid edge rusher. And what you what you're starting to see is that the more talent they have up front, the better this defense has gotten. Like it's no it, it's no coincidence that the interceptions that they have are because they're getting pressure up front, and the way that we've seen them get creative, like the fact that uh, Sweat had the other night is because he and Unique Ngakwe were aligned like next to each other on that pick stunt. Like you get another player in there, then you can have a very dangerous defensive line. Courtney, let me um, ask you a question about Hunter. Um, he will he'll be 30 next year and he'll be in his ninth season next year. How much of that would bother you or or leave you a little bit sketchy about maybe trying to sign him to a longer term deal his age? Well, I mean, pass rushers hit their prime right around that time. And the so look, I wouldn't be concerned about the age. The okay. thing with Daniil has been the injuries. I mean, you know, the freak incident that he had in practice during the COVID season that cost him that whole year because he had, like, he, you know, uh, it was a neck injury. I forget exactly what it was, but 
It was a neck. It was a torn pectoral muscle. I mean, he's had multiple of these things throughout the last couple of years after becoming the first, the fastest to 50 sacks by the time he was like 25 years old. But I, in the way he's playing right now, he's got 13, 13 and a half, somewhere in there. 13 and uh, a half, yeah. You know, it's insane. Like, the guy is awesome, and it just shows you, even without Zadarius Smith in that defense, how effective he's been, he's been and how they've used him. I mean, the Bears would probably love to have a player like that opposite Montez Sweat. Ooh, right, awesome. Let, Courtney, let's take one more. Fritz in Crown Point. What's up, Fritz? Hey, my question is, do you think if they get rid of the coach, they're going to get rid of the general manager also? And that tattoo does not go away. Oh, for the inside of your lip. Uh, that was a question, Courtney. I That probably is hitting it, you it, strangely. It doesn't um, go away, Fritz? No, I'm a dentist, and it, I've seen somebody has had one for 15 years. Okay. Oh, my God. My question was, because I think it was, we were talking baseball. This is how we talk baseball, Courtney. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tyler Glasnow has. That is not has, true. We talk about everything. Uh, don't, don't, we talk no, tattoos no, and baseball. So I guess he has two tattoos, and one of them is in the inside of his lip. And I said, wow, that's different. But I said, is that really permanent? Because the inside, like the, your mouth skin, I would think sheds a little bit more so than if you had it on your wrist or something. That's all. Where, where would, Interesting. Where yeah. would the last place be that you would you guys would want a tattoo? Would the lip be on my tongue inside of your lip on my tongue on your tongue? You don't want a tattoo on your tongue. I don't know if you can do it, but I that's. Can you tattoo your eyeballs? Oh my god! I don't want well, it. Um, yeah, then that I would be the I would want one last. on my spine. I've heard that that's like a Ooh. you know people have the ones that go down the length of their spine. Like Ugh. for me, that's an absolute no. no. Um, no. Sounds very painful. Or anything on bone. I think if you Ugh. if you get tattooed on bone, it, it's. Ugh. I don't have any tattoos, so I don't know anything about this. I'm speaking. I might be speaking from a place of ignorance, but it sounds painful. So that's a no for me. Um, to to the caller's question of you know, does does. The general manager go if if Ryan if um, Matt Eberflus goes. I don't I don't believe so. I think that just with the way, from my understanding of people I've spoken with and, and reporting I've done on his relationship with Kevin Warren, I I really think those two are in lockstep. A lot of roster decisions have been, you know, made this season, and Kevin Warren's influence, while it may not be directly, hey, pull the trigger on this trade, do this, do that. You know, that's a good sounding board, and they've established something there to where I think polls, regardless of what happens, is insulated by that. Now, of course, there's been reporting out there that maybe Kevin Warren, since he's been sitting back observing all this stuff this year, maybe he wants to bring his own people in and clean house. Would that surprise people? No, because that typically is what happens when you have a change in leadership. But I just don't get the sense that that would happen um you know, with, with polls, I think that you'll get, he'll get two chances to get a head coach, right. Um, and, and a chance to get his own quarterback because otherwise it feels like kind of a knee jerk reaction to somebody who was tasked with coming in here and executing a very, very complex rebuild that he, you know, he's in the rebuild take time. He's in year two of it. Nobody expected, nobody realistically expected them to be competing this year. And I think it'd be a year too early considering their relationship is a very strong one, Poles and and Kevin Warren. Um, I just don't see that happening. Here's a caveat, though. What if, what if Eberflus and the defense continues to progress along the way that they have and, and they realize that, look, this is not 
all on that he's you know he's been able to adapt and adjust do all the things that they wanted him to do and if they don't see that from Luke Getzey you know the thought could be that they keep Eberflus as a head coach and then go get a new offensive coordinator Frank I don't Reich. think that that's out of the realm of process yeah I mean I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility at all oh boy no no um Tom <laughs> Tom in downtown would like to finish this up with a question okay. so I'd like to ask uh, on this kind of uh, on this front I'm very interested, Courtney, uh, about your take on Kevin Warren, who has been more of an observer than he has been anything, which I'm not being critical of that. He took over in April, and I think my interpretation is he wanted to see everything first and just uh, consume a lot of, of all how everything works up there and what is transpiring. Do you feel, Courtney, that at the end of this year, you we are all going to be uh, presented with a different version of Kevin Warren, who is very hands-on or will have a very defined um, kind of statement, for a lack of a better term, for what do he feels the direction of this franchise is? I do. And it's not to say that he hasn't had things to say. Um, first and foremost, like we would have heard from him months ago if the stadium project was going to be able to get off the ground. Remember, they were supposed to be, there was supposed to be about a six-month period after he got hired that he would have known like where the thing was progressing. And of course there's been holdups there. Uh, we know that he's taken meetings and, you know, city of Chicago remains uh, involved there, but that's been one reason we haven't heard from him. I also think for him, it's as he, he doesn't, you know, he's, a, he's one of the most powerful people in sports, not in just the NFL. Like you don't go all these different places and, you know, you're commissioner of, of a power five conference. If you have a knee jerk reaction and, feel the need to speak on everything first off that undercuts your people that you have that you're trying to empower to make the right decisions for him to step in and to just like speak on everything i don't think would have been the appropriate timing because he just got here right he's taking this all in he's observing it and that will lead him to make decisions in the off season but i do think at some point down the line you will have a more vocal more um more actively involved from a public facing standpoint Kevin Warren as he speaks about you know things that are going on in the organization after this season culminates I, I just I think that that's so. probably the way it goes I hope so all right go make yourself a martini yes, okay make me one too <laughs> dirty extra dirty with I don't olives. drink martinis that's your thing so I yes. just got into it like I just me got too, into yeah. this like two or three months ago get some blue and cheese I olives feel like I'm an adult now yeah you got to get Does some blue also cheese get olives. You, no, this is going to sound awful but Get you drunk quicker? Well, I, I, I want to refine that a little bit better. Get what your I want to say quicker. Is, what I want to say is, it, does it get you where you want to be quicker? Instead of like, instead of knocking down nine beers, I can have one martini and settle in, and that's my night. It's it's well, first off, like it's less calories okay. and things like that. It's a nice, easy drinking cocktail like it doesn't have to be like super heavy like an old-fashioned right. or an espresso martini that'll have your heart racing at three in the morning <laughs> not speaking from experience or anything but like those <laughs> those are things that i've retired the the dirty martini is a classic i don't yes. like sweet things it's kind of my personality i don't like things that are like over the top like it is a classic easy to make easy drinking cocktail and i just started to like olives so again i Me do too. feel like i've become more of an adult this year because of my cocktail choices and 
Now I'm going to start to make them at home. So you guys are more than welcome to come over and I'll nice. make drinks. And That's we can good. Celebrate the bye week. I, think, I right. think Courtney would love. Remember the restaurant we were in in, in Vegas? Maybe she's been there. The library. Isn't that where we oh, were? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Very kind of, you know. Yes. That's where I feel like a dirty martini would be best served. Yes. Uh, you you, you could serve a Tito's martini anywhere. Well, though. I get that. But, but I know I'm just what saying, you're saying. Yes. Yes. Books everywhere. Yes. Yeah. Mahogany. books. Oh, mahogany this, this is right bookcases. up my North Shore alley. Yes. Like, you guys know where I was raised. <laughs> You know, player like in the corner. Right yes, yes. And you just sit and chat and you yes. drink your martini. I love it. But Peggy You'd... told me I can't have Tito's in my martini. I need to be classier like her and do like Chopin or some other vodka I've never heard of. How dare of. you? So How you two snobs? She what? is such a snob you when it comes to alcohol. Don't listen to Peggy. <laughs> Don't you dare bring a bottle listen of... Listen to Peggy with other stuff. Don't listen to yeah. Peggy with that. If you dare bring a bottle How of wine that's she? anything under like 80 bucks, she'll oh, laugh you out of the house. Peggy. All right, Thanks, Courtney. Man. Good stuff. Thanks, Courtney. Thanks, guys. Take care. All right, Courtney Cronin. All right, uh, coming up next, last call for Would You Rather. And then I want to play a, a new holiday parody song. Can we uh, play one of those? Um, and then uh, more of your phone calls, 332-3776. Plus baseball news, lots of hot stove stuff. A lot of rumors, both sides of town. Jesse has all the info at 5. Getty Lee, lead vocalist and bassist of Rush, is coming to Chicago this Sunday for a special event. Joined on stage by a special guest interviewer, Getty Lee will be reading key passages from his forthcoming book, My Effin' Life. It will also participate in a fan Q&A. Every ticket sold will include a copy of his book. It's an evening you won't want to miss. Tickets available at LiveNation.com. Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. What'd the name of your book be? Kiss My Ass. What? Isn't it? Wasn't that, um, I don't know. I was just, wasn't that Bob Knight? What was the Bob Knight saying about? That that fame when he just oh, when, when he's I buried, died, yeah, 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 bury me upside down so all of my critics can. I don't know. Small, slow, and friendly would definitely be the the title Small, of my book. So yeah, that was was what Ham called yeah. you, right? Small, slow, and friendly. There's no that way that would to... definitely be my, my the title of my book. When my time, good good time. on Earth is gone, and my activities here are past. I want they bury me upside down, and my critics can kiss my. And that came back a lot, like, a few weeks ago when, when he did pass away. Yeah, that was, um, was good. I like what, that. what a classic was that speech. At, like, what, what was that at? Was that at a Hall of Fame at, speech, or was that, like, like an, a like graduation? A, or, 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 like, a win when he, when he reached a milestone, I think. I thought that was some sort of, like, celebration for him. I, I don't, yeah, yeah, like a celebration for yeah, him when he won. But her. getting brought back, but I know, like, he had a very bad relationship with the university for a while so i'm trying to remember when it was yeah they didn't bring him back until he was not well so that was wasn't like when indiana brought him back i think it was when he was still coaching yeah that's what i thought um so uh all right uh let's play a song let's play a song one week from tomorrow is the deadline so you better get going and tyler has told me that a lot of people I, I I saw a tweet from DJ in Kansas City saying that he just entered. 
And I said to Tyler, did you get DJ in Kansas City's song? So I actually have not heard DJ in Kansas City's. He sent his after the show started today. Okay. So because originally Tyler said his wasn't that good. Ouch. Uh, uh, But then then he said that Ed Cook's, who usually has a good song, Tyler... Cookie, you know Ed Cook. Doesn't Ed Cook usually have props when he he's made the finals before? Hasn't he? I believe so. Yeah. Tyler said Ed Cook's song wasn't good. Wow. A little underwhelming. I saw Ed Cook. I love Tyler's I, spice with this. I love it. So I go. I was excited when it hit the inbox, and then I listened to it. And I was like, oh. So you have eight days to to step up your game. ESPNParody.com. We've got a year's supply of groceries from Joel Osco. For the grand prize winner. Also, we've got uh, the American Sale gift card. Plus, uh, no. oh. we have we have more prizes for the grand prize. Really? Yes. I, I don't know how Peggy's going to feel, but this is great. It's a pair of Tito's Platinum Passes yeah. to Country Thunder. I'm in. Yes. Platinum Passes. You go, you do. Country Thunder, listen. What? I'm trying to think who the uh, headliner is going to be this ex- next year. Country singers. Thanks. Lots of thunder. Thanks. You don't want thunder there. That means the weather's bad. Oh, no, no. I don't mean weather-wise. A- I, Eric gonna... Church, apparently. Okay. Yeah, he's good. Nickelback. They call him Chief. Nickelback. Nickelback on the bill. That's not that country, but it's thunderous. Who else? Uh, Lainey Wilson. Lainey Wilson's fabulous. Uh, Just won the, all of the awards at the Country Music mm-hmm. Awards. Okay. Uh, Co Wetzel. I'm not real familiar with that person. No. Okay. Uh, and Bailey Zimmerman. Bailey Zimmerman. Okay. You know, every Good. now and then I hear when I'm listening to one of these serious pop stations on mm-hmm. Sirius XM, I'll hear a country type song on one of the pop stations. Yeah. Like it's more mainstream. And I say to myself, that I think I would like country more and more these days. Well, why don't you give it a spin? I, because in, in country these days is more poppy, isn't it? Uh, I just found it de- out it that depends. I just found out that Tyler and Chris Black are big country music fans. I never was a country guy too. Like high school, me didn't like country music, but like the last probably ten years, I've evolved. Yeah, I think I would like it more. I think I I I. I I'm going to dip my toe in that water some someday. Okay. Not tomorrow, but someday soon. There's all different variations of it. Like, you can get the poppy kind. You can get more of the old school. Like, you, there's just a full range. Who should I start with? Who will you know me? Who would you suggest? Chris Stapleton, I mean, why not go with the most recognizable? I know, but... But you want a little more poppy? Yeah. Well, I don't Jordan like Davis. Start there. Uh, okay. Uh, I right. think well, if well, you well, want well, something a little late more... Too late for Tucson, right? I'm okay. That's fine. I'm not saying not to, but like... I'm... Well, why well, Why are you uh, Josh Malloy, that? I would go to. He's to very... Tyler, kind of... what do you think about Josh Malloy? I don't know much about Josh Malloy. What about uh, Old Dominion? I, I like Old Dominion. That is Poppy, and I like their version of Poppy. You used to pick them all the time in the tournament back in the Old day. Dominion? Old Dominion? ODU. Not so much. Um, you, you, I, Luke Grimes, who's on Yellowstone, is oh, also a, okay. a, an up-and-comer. You probably like his stuff. Zach Which one's Brown Luke? Band, perhaps? Yeah, I mean, I'm... Cold beer on a Friday night. Pair of jeans that fit just right. Not if they sound like that. Country oh, Kev. Yeah, Country Kev over here. Country Kev. Who is there Luke, you go. Who's Luke Grimes on Yellowstone? Uh, he's the son who worked for the um, um, 
the like fishing game. He's not oh, really. Yeah, the longer hair. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we can have a talk next time you're in the car. I'll okay, play you a little bit of everything, and then you can pick and choose. Okay. So anyway, that it's all brought to you by Elijah Craig Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Also brought to you by Jewel Osco American Sale Nineteen Crimes Wine and Country Thunder. All right, what, let's uh, let's hear this. What do you got for us? You want good or bad? Because I say I pulled you, some bad ones for did, you yesterday. Do you have the cook bad ones or no? Um, Cookie. I don't have that one okay. in yet. All right, but play a good one. Play a good one. Okay, this is Piss and Catch from <laughs> David Kepley, the tune of Oh Christmas Tree. Oh, piss and catch. Oh, piss and catch. How soft and supple are Cole's hands now. Oh, piss and catch. Oh, piss and catch. You make Jeff Joniak cry out. Oh, what a catch. Suck that pigskin in. <laughs> oh, piss and catch. You win again. Oh, piss and catch. Oh, piss and catch. Cole, please don't try the poop and catch. Oh, that's good. I like that. That's good. And that was an easy piss and catch. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Can we in maybe, 530 laugh? At five thirty, can we can we play the best ones we've gotten so far? The yeah. ones that we we have liked and laughed to For so sure. far, just mm-hmm. to show people where we are with eight days left. Yeah. Okay. Good. So get those to ESPNParody.com. Would you rather is coming up next? Football, horse racing, burgers, beer, and so much more. Have a winning weekend at the newly remodeled Club Hawthorne Betting Bars featuring cash betting at PointsBet Sportsbooks. Find a location near you at HawthorneBettingBars.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER to get help. Hey, this is Coach Mike Dick. Greg Olson here. This is Stacy King. Hey, this is D-Rose. What up? This is Ludacris. Hello, this is Dick Enberg. Would you like to play a little? Would you rather? Oh, my. All right, we've got a uh, gift card to the Pride Stores. Carmen raves about it. Uh, the winner on the best either or question will get that. You tweet them to Tyler Aki and today to Kevbo. Miller is out today. And uh, what do we have today, boys? Well, first off, I do want to say I was going to apologize to the person with at Kevbo, not at Kevbo underscore. Um, because he's been getting a lot of these would you rather tweets today, including this one from Damien, which I, I won't ask you guys, but this is just one that is being spouted to Kevin Boers. Maybe, ra- maybe he'll be able to, to give you your, well, your... I was going to apologize to him, but then I heard that Kevin tried to buy this guy's right. handle before, right. and he basically told Kevin to go F himself. Really? So now How he much gets were you tweets- willing to spend for that? I mean, I don't know, $100? It's, you know... I, I I like the underscore now though. It's you know yeah. it's part of it's me. part of you. Yeah, it's a character like, trait. But now he's getting tweets at him. Would you rather have a normal three inch penis or a severely curved but functional six inch penis? That's what he's getting now as a result of telling Kevin to go f himself. Yeah, that's what he gets. That's the question. That's the one that someone sent to to Kevbo. Yeah, the the other Kevbo. But no, that's not the one I'm asking you guys. We've got other ones. Thank you. (laughs) Um, This is from Ron. Would you rather have a button in your car that will turn all red lights green whenever you want or a button that will move all the slow drivers on the expressway over from the left lane to the right lane? We've had this sort of before. 
Um, I'm going to go red light to green lights. I agree. Because you're moving at least. When We're the, assuming that this isn't going to cause major traffic accidents, right? This is going to be safe? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, I'm with you. I would rather have the ability to not have to stop at a red light. I can go the speed I need to in the middle lane. I can swerve around. I can kill oh, Yarbrough. Yes, I've seen it. Yeah. I've seen you, too, go. Like you, I'm you're not a, a swerver. I you're like, a, I, you're a I'm very a, fast driver. I, I drive with a purpose. Yeah. I, drive I, agree, with, I, I think you have to drive with a purpose. Yeah, I, I feel like the people who drive with a purpose and are don't safer. drive like a maniac weaving in and out of lanes are safer than the ones who drive slow and are unaware. I agree. All I right. will say, Waddle, that you do drive uh, aggressively. It, the, the time I was in your Hawk. When were you in the car? When we went to, uh, me and Charlie, the, when we were going to Bourbon and Bacon. Oh, that's right. And you're driving like a damn maniac. He really? Did, he, yeah. did a, he did a, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I don't think that's accurate. I think that's an, uh, I think that's an exaggeration coming from Kev Bo underscore. I would I think, never. Did you, I think you even referenced your driving when we were on our way to uh, Bourbon and Bacon with Kev Bo and Charlie. Yeah. All right. It is what it is. That's buckle a car up. right there. All I can tell you is buckle up. Did he offer you any nuts in the car? No, he did not. No. Did not. No. All right. DJ in Kansas City would like to know, would you rather receive a fecal transplant from a stranger or give a prostate exam to a friend or relative? Uh, I'll take a fecal transplant from a stranger. What's the difference? Boy, I, I was about why to would, pounce on that. Well, why, but... why, 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 time out. Whether it's your father's fecal matter or Johnny Depp's fecal matter. Here's why. What's the difference? Here's why. I, I've given this a little bit of thought now in the, in, while you were talking. I don't know why I came up with Johnny Depp. I was just thinking of anybody else. I just watched Black Mass. It was this, did this have to do with Johnny Depp's bed? Is that why? I didn't, wasn't there a crap incident I did in, not the, know in the that. Johnny Dre- the, Depp the, trial? The, I did not know I that. Allegedly. Sub- I think you subconsciously knew, and that's on when you wow, were talking about fecal matter you brought up Johnny Depp. I think that's how it went there. Could be, but I watched Johnny Depp play the role of Whitey Bulger like three nights ago. That's why Johnny Depp was on my head. Here's why. I think you don't want the fecal transplant. Because if you if you get the fecal transplant, it means that you have a huge health issue. What was the other option? It just is having a friend give a prostate no, exam. No, you're giving a friend a prostate exam. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to give a friend a prostate exam. I, that means no big deal. No, no big deal. You're not a doctor. But I, I it's what is? I mean, like, what do you mean? No big deal. You're not a doctor. Why do you have your finger giving somebody a prostate you're exam? In, you're in and out. You're you're in and out. And I I don't want the health issues that come with a fecal transplant. That means you have major health issues. That's like the last thing you're doing to solve your health issue is getting a fecal transplant. You go to jail for doing the other though. But they're consenting. They're saying to you, you're not like all, all of a sudden in their sleep going over to their house and saying, hello. No. They're saying. I know, but you have to deal with the weirdness attached to, you know, Perry asking you for the prostate exam for the rest of your I, life. I'm not saying that this is going to be a day that I celebrate or the, the, a day that I. I think you, make a, I think you make a good me. argument. I think you make a very good argument. I may, in fact, switch my, my oh, answer. Okay. Yeah. Which is it? I just thought you were resisting the thought of having to. Ed Duran 
needs a prostate oh check. Oh boy, Ed probably give it to himself. He no, he needs one. Uh, you know and he what? He needs if- your help. Or you? Wow! How you did you come need, to? How did you come to the conclusion that Ed Duran's the one that I was? I was going through my Rolodex yeah. of Waddle friends. Okay, I, I will. Dicky Brasha. You, you can. Dicky Brasha would cut off my hand. <laughs> Literally, he's consenting though. No, he wouldn't. Yeah. No. No. He, no. Brasha's not consenting to that. Never in a hundred years. I'm just telling you. What are you doing? I think this is our winner, by the way. I think you probably, I'm probably giving the, 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 the asked for prostate exam for the reasons you mentioned, because if I have to have a fecal transplant, it's because I have a horrible situation medically. You're putting on a glove. But this is the deal. I'm dealing with a a physically, a physical medical condition or a mental medical condition because the other's going to give me. You're putting on a glove. It's, it's quick. Of course it's putting on a glove. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. That's how you do it. Put it on a glove. You put your little Vaseline, and you're in and out. He's the winner. Who is that? Yep. DJ in Kansas City. A DJ. Good job, DJ. We just shouted him out, too. All right. I've got a Sebastian Maniscalco tickets to give away. Um, he just announced a tour. It's called the It Ain't Right Tour. Where's it going to be at? The United Center, nice. Friday, November 8th. And Saturday, November 9th. So this is in a year. This is, say, this is in one year. They're machine. already announcing this. Unless you have a but time we're, machine. We're, we're already travel. giving tickets away for next year, huh? Um, be, so here's what we... This is a trivia question. You have to be caller 10 to get the first crack at this trivia question. Tickets will be available at Ticketmaster. Pre-sale will start on Wednesday at 10 a.m. Tickets then go on... Oh, Tickets go on sale tomorrow. Tickets go on sale tomorrow, I should say, at 10 a.m. That's you sure it. this is next year and not 2028? I'm just confused. I, I, I'm, I'm reading the teleprompter. Okay. I'm doing the best I can here. <laughs> vacation starts in an hour. This vacation started an hour ago. Yeah. Um, so here's the, the question. When we talked to Sebastian Maniscalco, he was upset at who the Cubs gave him as his catcher. When he threw out the first pitch at Wrigley. Yes. Who was his catcher for that first pitch? Who was his catcher for the Cubs' first pitch? It was not Ian Stewart. That's a hint. (laughs) That's a good reference right there from earlier in the show. That is... uh, That was random. But but good. Yeah. 332-3776. And we'll talk to Sebastian Maniscalco's good friend, Jesse Rogers, coming up next about pressing baseball matters.